I'm so glad to turn But turn down the volume I'm Dick and Bird I'm Dick and Bird I'm Dick and Bird St. Paul and Minnie Law and Life And hitting rock bottom Drugs in the ex-wife I'm Dick and Bird Fuck Dick and Bird! Fuck Dick and Bird! Fuck! Fuck Dick and Bird! Fuck! Shit! Hello and welcome to this special edition episode of, I don't know, I guess they're all special edition episodes because the, the twins just make so many goddamn moves these days. This is what we call Minnesota Foul Play-by-Play, where we uh, provide colorful commentary on Minnesota Twin Sports uh, and my chain smokes throughout the show. (laughs) (laughs) So we got the Brothers Haas with me today, Bradley and Michael. Bradley, how are you? Not too bad. You're looking great, man. I'm telling you that iPhone camera does you, I mean, makes you look like a goddamn superstar, babe. I you know just a shitty way to end that wild game, man. It was a good fought game, and just it pisses me off. Yeah, so, well, okay. what can you I'm do? I'm ready. East Coast is a rough. It's that road trip is rough. Mike, how are we? Oh, just you know, living the healthiest life I can live. <laughs> just had about twenty pizza rolls for dinner, having a smoke and a bush light. Cheers, mate. <laughs> I give myself another six years tops. <laughs> well, since you don't have a lot of time with us, let's uh, get to the point. The Twins made another trade. Uh, they traded two relief pitching prospects for uh, Gold Glove outfielder Michael A. Taylor of the Kansas City Royals. Um, it looks like they've assembled the greatest defensive outfield ever assembled. Am I right here? I tried to do some research, but a lot of the advanced analytics you know, you try to talk about the Boston Red Sox from 1912 and shit like that. It's it's really hard to compare these guys, but it sure looks like it's the best defensive outfield ever assembled. I'd say oh. on paper, definitely. I yeah. mean, and now they can all stay together. If you look at the defensive run saved since 2020, Taylor's first with 36, Gallo's second with 32, Buxton is third, tied for third with 29. And if you remove Max Kepler from center field, He's got 30, he's, which makes him alone in third. So yeah, he's, he's no slouch smoke. himself. Yeah. No, no, and we'll still have the best defensive outfield when we slot boxing into pitch, pinch hit. I mean. You mean a DH? I mean DH. Yeah. yeah not pinch hit. Jesus, sure. I'm losing my brain. <laughs> no, this uh, was one of the boringest trades I've ever read about, but. It got me surprisingly excited. Like I exclaimed out loud in the middle of a public place that I was so excited about it because I've heard of Michael A. Taylor. I knew he was a great defensive outfielder. And it, to me, sounded like Max Kepler's out the door, but that might not be the case at all now. No, and after we picked up uh, Correa, consistently on this show, I've been kind of saying, I think we might keep Kepler around to try to build something. He's not a great hitter. I mean, he's got the potential to be. But as a platoon player, he would be a, a damn good outfielder slash first baseman. No, and that's what I was just going to get into, and then I'll let Brad talk since we always cut him out of these baseball <laughs> discussions. Um, 
is if you remember, if you rewind back to last year when we were leading the division and then things fell apart because of injuries and whatnot. Yeah. We just tanked in August and September. We kind of got, we've got so much damn depth now at the major league level oh where, yeah, like it, I, I think we're making a run for it. And I think with the defense we've got, we've still got some holes. Yes, I know people love Miranda, but it's not the greatest defensive third baseman. Um, same with Polanco at second. But that being said, with our outfield, that's going to help our pitching rotation out so much. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, if I read an article. Fucking ball in the park. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, novel way to – to attack what people are trying to do now in the in the game it's just elevate the ball get it in the air and try for expert extra base hits as much as possible brad you want to expand on that i I mean it's cool to see him making moves and stuff i'm still not as jacked up on the pitching staff like you guys are and you know with no shift this year yeah it it will put our defense to the test and maybe that's why they're getting this depth but i mean at the end of the day i i like this move yeah we we go three deep at every goddamn position, but it's still pitching with me, man. Like I'm, I'm worried about the pitching. You think it's just, they're going to hit too many home runs off us and it won't matter how, who's out there in the outfield. I agree. I mean, you can't run into the stands and catch it. So, yeah. but at home, well, no. we got a, at least we got a big ass outfield to play half of our games in, you know, we do, we do. We, we actually do. And you know, that leads me into a, uh, to cut to cut our thing, it leads me into a segment right now that I like oh, to call boy. Brad's trivia. Oh um, shit! Did you know it's back? Yes, I love this segment. This is my favorite. Here we go. Here we go. And this is this is strictly target field right now. All right. First one to answer this correctly without using the Google search. Who has the most home runs in target field history? Oh, it's the guy from Toronto. Jose Batista, Joey Bats. I'm talking overall. I'm talking overall. Not uh, an opposing player. Anybody. Oh, just, yeah, well, that's who I thought it was, was Jose Batista. Well, you're and wrong on that one, too. Josh Donaldson? No. Wrong. No. I would say either Byron Buxton or more. Can't be or, one of our own. More no. Can't be nope. one of our own. Yes, it could be. It really? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good hit. Jim Tomey. <laughs> nope. Uh, Polanco. Kepler. Nope. nope. <laughs> we got to hurry, man. It's only 30 minute segment. <laughs> Give us the answer, bro. Miguel Sano. No. Close. Close. Really? This, this guy likes to go ice skating with us, Tony. Oh, Brian Dozier? Dozier? With 80 Shut of them, yes. Fuck crazy, oh, huh? No way. He hit Fuck. one in the goddamn home run derby when we were there. Fucking one. I'm, that I'm is fucking ridiculous. He's man. just reading the stats, man. He's just reading the but stats. That's, that's all I do. That's all I do. Okay, I got one more for you. All right. Who hit the first home run ever at Target Field? Oh, hour. Jason Kubel. Boom! You know, suck it to me, baby. Oh, I should go grab. Ah. A, I should go put on fucking Kubel's jersey. I don't have one. I do. I do. I know you do. Okay. So the pros okay. of so, the. So, oh, go ahead, Brad. Last one. Since you guys you started off with, since you started off with the opposing player, let's go. The opposing player that's hit the most home runs 
at Target Field. I'd say Jose Batista. Close. Josh Donaldson. Uh, nope. I would I would go with a uh, uh, shortstop for the White Sox. Not even close. Same division though. Jose Ramirez. He plays catcher. Oh, uh, Perez. Yeah, boom! <laughs> Old Salvi. That, that actually does make sense. That fucker can hit. Okay, there we go. That that that's Brad's. Uh, did that you know? That concludes Brad's trivia, aka. Did you know? <laughs> I, I do like. Did you know? I said. <laughs> that reminds me. Of <laughs> as soon as you did that, I was like, "Oh, I know what you're talking about." All right. So the pros of this trade: we upgraded defensive outfield depth in center field, specifically behind Buxton, who I, you know struggles to play 90 games a year. And off that as well, I think depth for the whole freaking depth for our whole team. Oh, easily. Or yeah, offensively. I so mean, many players can play multiple positions now and kind of have to. And like I texted you earlier today, I'm really happy that this uh, gives Celestino a chance to go back down. Agreed. Actually become a better hitter. Yeah. I mean, he was – that last He got way was, too much time in the bigs last year just to, uh, due to injuries, really. No, yeah. And that's uh, – I think that's what they're kind of doing this year is trying yeah. to avoid that. Wait well, I appreciate player. how much they're going for it. Like – I, I mean, this actually looks like a playoff team to me now. Well, hey, it doesn't no, matter also, if we have injuries. Report reports have it that we're going after uh, Yuli too. I know that's what I was just going to get to, but let's let's continue with the pros on this deal. Okay, so we're taking a pretty novel approach to taking away extra base hits. You know, <laughs> with the best defensive outfield in the world, it's going to be really so, hard to hit. Double. No, that's that, that's a way to do it, other than striking yeah. people out. I mean, yeah. And we've we've done both. We've included we've increased our strikeouts with Pablo Lopez, and we've increased our uh, defensive takeaways on uh, fly balls. Uh, Kepler becomes even more expendable, or, or allows for a more productive version of him as a platoon player. Uh, so there's that. Um, and then Michael A. Taylor Taylor is a fantastic base runner. Uh, adds speed to a team that struggles running the bases. Uh, Back in oh, somebody added a little statistic here. Somebody who who added that? If somebody want to say it, I did. I did. All right, needs, give it to him. He needs, yeah, he needs to pick up his uh, swiping bag stat. Last couple of years, he's kind of well, fallen we off. Back that to happen with the rule change, right? With yes, the uh, pitchers limited to the number of times they can dis- disengage the runner to to two, right? And and bigger bases. Um yeah. and the a game that's being sped up. I mean, time between pitches and everything should sure. be easier for should be easier for runners to actually gauge their approach to stealing. Oh, he should have um, 30, 30 st- steals this year, I think. Yeah. The, the highest year he had was 2018 with 24, but I would uh send him all I the hope time. Rock, I hope Rocco's a little more aggressive this year. Yeah. Okay, the cons. Uh, we lost a pretty good relief pitching prospect in Evan Sisk. Like, that's not much of a loss to me. But he did have 76 Ks and 63 innings pitch with a 1.016 whip in AA and AAA last year. So he's a fast riser. But, again, he's probably not going to be a starter. He's no, a relief pitching prospect. No, and if you follow how this trade actually came about, initially we wanted Taylor. They wanted uh, Josh Winder. Okay. And we, and we said, no, we're not. Isn't no, it Winder? One, Winder, whatever. Uh, who does have a great? Uh, he can start, well, I think. 
got a great walk-up music too, but we'll get to that in another yeah, segment. another episode. Um, <laughs> um, um, but no, so we said no to that, and then we turned to this, which I'm very happy with this. Um, I actually like the other guy we lost better than really? Evan Sisk. All right, just well, I'll let you talk about him then. Just Evan Sisk is he's knocking on the door. We almost called him up last year, but he's had problems with control. He's walking yeah. too many people. Right. He's got a pretty he's got a pretty decent fastball, but the guy who's got a great fastball but no control yet at all is that Stephen Cruz and his yeah. size is a, he's six seven. He's just a very he looks commanding and dominant on the mound. Um, so you like the look of him. I like the look, and uh, he's got a way higher ceiling. He's like a lottery ticket, though. It's if he can get, if he can figure out his fastball and then get his slider under control, he could be a damn good pitcher. But that's a freaking gamble. And yeah, this, this is a very smart trade for the Twins for what we gave up. We essentially gave up nothing to round out our team. Very happy with the front office again. Brad, your opinion? You know, the only thing I, I, I can't, I, I just can't condone, you know, and this is when we do these videos and whatnot with Mike smoking. When Levine was on, the, got a picture of him smoking a cigar after Carlos Correa signed with us. Like that, that, shit that? can't happen. Kids look up to these guys. So now they're going to start smoking <laughs> Oh my cigars. God. Man, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what, uh, Joe Burrow did after winning the national championship at LSU, and he's the no. I'm just I kidding. Know. I read I read some bullshit about that. How some some parent was pissed off that now that they love the twins, now they see this guy smoking a cigar, so his kid's gonna go smoke a fucking cigar. Like go fuck yourself. Yeah. Anyway, that's just another tidbit that I was just it's been burning a hole in my thing. Like honestly, like I, I it's cool. I like to see when your team's doing something. They're being aggressive. That I, I, I like to be in the like, news. I like Minneapolis just being in the I, news. Like for I good mean, sense, exactly. you know, besides like uh, killing innocent people, but you know. And you know, and it, it's it's not the, the thing is is it's not blockbuster shit. It's just it's stuff that's making our team better. Yeah, I mean, there's I, nothing wrong with having way too much depth. Really not correct. The only, uh, I think the only thing we're lacking right now, and this pitching? is tied into the, tr the trade before, I think pitching's debatable. It's, do we want one ace or do we want fucking six twos and threes? It's like, what's going to well, make we're not gonna for get a better one year? Ace, so I think yeah. we're getting what we can get. So, I mean, I, I think that's a wasted get... conversation. I like, I would like to, I don't know. I feel like we should address the bullpen in the offseason rather than at the trade deadline because that's the most expensive thing at the trade deadline. And, no, I, I totally but agree. But I feel like they're going to just move a couple starters to the bullpen and they'll feel like they've they've already addressed it just by, you know, bringing in Pablo Lopez, getting Kenta Maeda back, uh, getting Chafin. a healthy melee. Chafin's still out there if we want to sign somebody too. I mean, I don't, I don't see well, what the I hurt is. DH open Yuri Gurriel would fit that spot pretty well, and that would be something that would be really surprising. So what I was going to say, the only thing I see really our team on paper lacking right now, after with the trade before, is I'm really trying to struggle. Who do you put in the leadoff spot in our lineup without a rise? Bucks is not really. That's that's where I'm going towards. Yeah, Polanco probably. Yeah. Um. Because Buxton's too good of an RBI guy to put up there now. 
Although they did it with Brian Dozier for I, I don't know how long and I don't know why. No, I think it's just they it's not an atypical lineup, you know, where you've got a, a speedy guy that gets on base. I mean, the whole Major League Baseball is kind of going away from that anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's well, it's all home run based. I and mean, we'll we'll see we'll see this year if if teams decide to, you know, change that there isn't a shift, you know, maybe they go back to playing a more style of baseball that we grew up to, you know. Yeah, more traditional station and whatnot. Um it's gonna be interesting. It it really will. Um it might be the most interesting year of baseball since when for you guys because it's been a long time that that i've been interested in baseball and these rule changes was the start of it all like i really was intrigued by the uh the pitch clock being uh ratified and the uh the disengagement of the rubber rule is my favorite rule let's in the let's of just all i'll get us going into our next segment the boys of summer man sammy sosa <laughs> mark mcguire like that's right there you know followed up by barry bond like that's that was intriguing, you know, when the home run ball. Was... Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't real. It was surreal, but it wasn't real. Oh, fuck, real. it wasn't real, man. It's I mean, it happened, real. but it it wasn't real bodies. It was it was fake bodies. Oh, fuck that! All right, we're well, not... let's get into the next segment. We're not using real balls anymore. We're using. Let's talk about balls. a real body who's going into the Hall of Fame, and that's Scott Rowland. Yeah, makes I, what we we call the joke of the Hall of Fame, and the fame is in quotes because I asked my dad. Uh, if he knew who Scott Rowland was, and he said, "You mean the shortstop for the Phillies?" I was like, "No, he was the third base for Phillies and, and the Cardinals." Yeah, and he's he was thinking of Jimmy Rollins. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Rollins is more famous than Scott Rowland. Uh, but Scott so, Rowland had a higher OPS and OPS plus than Adrian Beltre, which is surprising as hell. But Adrian was severely better, like way better. Um, I don't better. know that that means that Scott Rowland isn't a Hall of Famer, but God, if we're letting Scott Rowland in, Jesus Christ, we got to let no. Barry Bonds in and choose Joe Jackson in and Pete Rose in. For Christ's sake, those guys are way more famous. No, but what Brad Man's just better. brought up. Yeah, what, what, much better. Brad just brought up McGuire. My thing is the last two rounds of this sleepy fucking Hall of Fame shit, like no offense to Fred McGriff, but. It doesn't get people excited about the sport. Or Scott Rowland. It's, I just, yeah. I guess I want to know why Bonds he's the best hitter in the history of the sport yeah Justin Morneau Justin Morneau he's he's one of our guys does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame he's like a Fred McGriff to me I would say he's a fringe he would probably not get in to me but if Scott Rowland gets in yeah I think he does I mean, he he never won. The Twins no. never won a title, but it, does, it doesn't seem to matter either, though. I mean, no. And you put it the the well. I don't know which one's uh, a bigger. Justin travesty. Morneau won multiple batting titles in Colorado after he left Minnesota. Yes. like that. I mean, fuck. Uh, Scott Rowland was only All Star seven out of his seventeen years. I bet Justin Morneau. Justin Morneau won a goddamn home run derby run and derby. scored a winning the winning run in All Star game. Uh, so let's, let's look at all, Justin Morneau and see if he's a goddamn. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He's not. He's Fred McGriff to me is not a Hall of Famer. These are see, good I guys. I thought that, he was a fringe candidate too. I was just like, I just, no, I just don't no, think that, that that's a guy that. Yeah, but this is my question then. If, if Fred McGriff gets in, Scott Rowland gets in, but then did, 
freaking Don Mattingly doesn't get in. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of these I just don't understand. Mattingly was one of the best players of his generation, so yeah, he was. Morneau was a four-time All Star, but he finished higher in the MVP post twice, twice more than Roland did. Uh, He had he won it in 2006, right? And then he was uh, the runner-up in 2008. And I don't think uh, Scott Rowland ever finished higher than fourth in MVP voting. I mean, if I if I was thinking about taking all the players throughout history and starting like a super franchise team on a fucking baseball team, right? And and you put Scott Rowland next to fucking Pete Rose. I'm taking Pete Rose every time because he's he maybe Pete Rose at out of position at third base if I had to. Yes, (laughs) Pete Rose doesn't only deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. He might be a top. I would argue a top 10 best player to ever play. Oh, he is. He is. Yeah, he is. No, and is Scott Rowland even a top 30? No. At third base? Oh, at third base? base? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had 70 war in his career. That's pretty good. I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah, there's a lot of third basemen out there. But the fact that you got to think about it, is he better than the best? Uh, pl- uh, third baseman at, for every franchise in baseball. That's no. that's a good question. Yeah. How about, how about you move to fucking pitching? You want to talk about war? Roger Clemens had a 168 over his career, and he'll never get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's a little it's, crazy. It's a I fucking think they should joke. Have their own goddamn wing. I mean, they should expand the place. And, no, and fucking put an entire a fucking wing it. to the steroid era. Put an asterisk by the gamblers. No, I mean, make the whole building a literal asterisk. Build an asterisk in the middle of Cooperstown. Okay, well then, the Babe Ruth fucking Ty Cobb section, that's fucking whites only. Ty Cobb can be moved right out there, because that motherfucker was definitely deserving of an asterisk. Here's the the thing, guys. Best stories in the history of baseball. If you want to put an asterisk next to it and not let these motherfuckers in the Hall of Fame... You should take away the World Series. You should take away their wins. You should take away everything oh, yeah, that they help these never teams do. do. That. Yeah. So let the fuckers in the Hall of Fame then. Like, what does it matter? It doesn't. They, in fact, they're probably hurting. They're shooting themselves in the foot by not having them in there because nobody yes. wants to fucking go to the Hall of Fame and read about Scott Rowland. Like, yeah, no who the shit. Fuck is he? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna draw. That's gonna draw about fifty people right. this summer to fucking yeah. go. They're lucky that he played so close to Cooperstown when he was in Philly for so long. But yeah, no. I hey, mean, do you guys do you guys know where the uh, uh, National Hockey Museum's located at? I would imagine it's in Canada. Not even close, man. Huh. Where it's in Minnesota, dude. Really? Fuck Whereabouts? yeah! I don't know. Some town. Some town. <laughs> some town. <laughs> so not in Minneapolis. Okay, so no. not nearby. Well, you shit, next look time you guys come out, we got to go. I know that. I can't believe you didn't know that. Well, I don't. I, <laughs> why would I know? I don't care. Like, I, I went mean, to Cooperstown. <laughs> I, hey, let me tell you what the most interesting thing at Cooperstown is before we stop on this segment. It's it's Barry Bonds' 73rd home run ball is in, in Cooperstown, and they've cut an asterisk into the ball. Yeah. That's that was the coolest bullshit. thing I saw when I was That's there. pretty Cool. I His saw ball the Kirby Puckett's there, bust, he... and I saw Barry Bonds' ball, and that, that have, those were the two most interesting things I saw. Have you been to the 
Negro Baseball Hall of Fame in KC? No, I haven't. I'd love to go, though. Yeah, you we'll, should. We'll check. have to go on our trip, right? We're going through. No, we're not. Detroit, Atlanta, Baltimore, right? No. No, and fucking the three of us should go to fucking Cooperstown so we can get a picture next to fucking Scott Rowland's jersey. <laughs> Just fucking make the fucking time of my life. Yeah. No, that would be I had to, first. No, I had to pull the fucking dad or your dad when it was announced. I'm like, this is the only motherfucker in. I'm like, I'm trying to guess where he fucking played. And I did come up with Philly. I didn't have a fucking clue who he was though. Yeah. Because why the fuck would I? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, speaking, Tony, speaking of your dad, that fucking bean soup. Yeah, I'm like, he was asking about the container. He wanted to know if you'd finished that shit yet. The fucking on point, man. I know on it point. is. Yeah. I'm a little pissed that you didn't fucking bring it to me, goddammit. The long travel, it probably would have spoiled on the way. No, there, it so. would have been fine. There's so much goddamn salt in that ham, baby. It would be fine oh. for weeks. Dude, it was Thanks. good. It was good. Yeah, I know I'll get it's that good. couple we're back to him. <laughs> All right, Brad. We're coming up on your specialty here. The Vikings Let's interview go. Seattle's uh Sean Desai and the requested interview with Brian Flores for defensive coordinator, uh, <laughs> which excites the hell out of me. I've I've told you both of you that I'm I'm back on board with the Vikings and off the lines bandwagon if they hire Brian Flores as a defensive I'll say- coordinator. Flores definitely. I mean that that's the one that hit out of the ballpark, if you yeah. will. But he's gonna get the Cardinals. Head off, coach. Dude, he's got like. head coaching jobs, man. Yeah. Um, another one to look at is the uh, is Jared Mayo. He's the linebacker inside linebacker coach for New England. Oh, okay. Another one. Another one to keep in mind. I mean, like, like I say, just anybody that's going to change up their game plan is going to fit in perfect. I mean, they're gonna have a whole new. Sk- scheme of players to work with like i i'd like to hire somebody right now in the next couple weeks so they can start talking before the draft yeah before free agency so they can get the players in that they want that they want to coach and yeah i mean well no and i hope i hope whoever they hire part of their decision is being that last year's draft was for ed donatel yeah. That that we kind of picked somebody that can use the assets we got last year, which we still haven't seen because of injuries. But so I mean, whatever. that's the thing. Like right now, do we we have to draft all defense, don't we? I would imagine so. Yeah, minus I the mean, first round. I mean, if unless if we're going to let both of our running backs go, I yeah, I would uh, still. Uh, yeah, and I it sounds that's what ESPN released today. It was like the starting running back next year isn't even on our roster. So yeah, I I read that shit too. Like, uh, okay, like <laughs> okay. they think that kid from Carolina is that good? Like, I mean, I, I don't think it's a matter of good. I think it's a matter of that's where they can cut their salary the most, the easiest is at that position, and it's well, the no, most we, replaceable replace, position in football. Defense, defense is where we cut everybody. I mean, Harrison but, Smith. I mean, Patrick's, the Patrick Darius Peterson Smith. wants to come back, and it, shit, it might be out of raise the way he played last year. It's arguable that he was the he best. He's the best player on our defense, and he and was a. Uh, I think he was top fifteen at his position. It's how much time good. we got left, Tony? Uh, more than ten minutes. Holy shit! This is where in the segment we need to get like a little. I can push a button, and it goes like. 
We do need some sound effects. You're right. Can you name me the first person <laughs> to score a touchdown in United States Bank Stadium? I've never heard it called United States Bank. That's funny. <laughs> Either of ours. <laughs> uh, the first person to score in the new stadium. Yep. It was kind uh, of actually how it happened. It was it, it actually was a tribute to a very famous person from Minneapolis. I CJ Ham. Uh, nope. That was a dumb <laughs> guess. Uh no, I don't have a guess. I don't even this would have been Aaron Rodgers. He found oh, so a... we're talking the visiting team. Greg Jennings. The first touchdown. Brandy Moss. First touchdown ever in U.S. Bank Stadium. Brandy Moss when he's playing for the Packers. No. Aaron Rodgers threw a pass to Jordy Nelson. Okay. Do you know what Prince's full name is? Prince Prince Rogers Rogers Nelson. Nelson way, yeah. What are the fucking odds? So do you know Did what you that know? means? <laughs> you know what that means? That Prince is the greatest artist of all time. Maybe. He's right up there. <laughs> Guess where Aaron Rodgers is probably going to finish his career and win a Super Bowl. Minnesota. He will throw the. No, he's going. They're not trading him to anywhere but an AFC team. It's going to be New England. It's going to be Oakland. Tennessee. Uh, this is kind of, doesn't this kind of remember you of Brett Favre? Getting traded to the Jets and then released and signing with Minnesota. Yeah, minus the dick pics. Sure. Well, we're not there. Give him time. Give no. Rogers time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it only takes a few months in New York to start sending dick yeah. pics. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so the only thing more exciting than Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator for the Vikings is if uh, Colin Kaepernick was our backup slash simultaneous slash starting quarterback, as far as I'm concerned, that would make me the most enthused Vikings fan uh, in history. So, dude, it, they need ten to minute start, warning. They need to start doing something, man. We we got one year left with fucking cousins, and then well, and they just dropped you. the. What I read today, the people who got dropped today. I mean, they're practice squad people generally in backups but josh rosen rosen we dropped so we've got no other quarterback oh, on the nick roster mullins, right now baby. nick mullins oh. and then still faith no best backup there ever was actually his cousins ever went down with an injury no that's what no. makes him so valuable is he's not going the only game he's missed is for COVID 19 because he refused to get vaccinated <laughs> <laughs> In like six fucking years, he hasn't missed a game except for one for COVID. Isn't that no, amazing? He, Every other just, quarterback oh. gets hurt and misses an entire season or half no. a season. Kirk Cousins never, never no, misses no. a game. And if you look at his fucking stats, man, like he he doesn't get the glory, but he's like in the top five since like two. Yeah, he's like outside like, that top tier of quarterbacks where Josh Allen put, now resides. But they put, but if you look at his statistics, like he's right there. Oh, I know. Yeah. Number two, are, like, I mean, he's a, he's, you know, uh, he accumulates a lot of stats. It, it's nice to have what he has to work with, also. Like, he's, he's been pretty blessed since he's moved to Minnesota. In Washington, he was fucking fighting for his life every day. Well, I kind would of, say 
I would say he wasn't blessed with the offensive line since he's had to live never. for a rebuild on never that. Never had a good offensive line. And the around. fucker takes more hits than any other quarterback. Like that's why he I'm did surprised. This last season, I think, yeah. Why he's never been hurt? I mean, the it's fucker amazing. stays in the pocket and it's takes fucking hits. Shocking. Yeah, it really is. He's a tough motherfucker. I gotta give it to. So him. I tell you, this is so exactly I tell you why what. I gave him five years when I found out that we signed him. I was like, "You got five years to win a fucking Super Bowl for me, you motherfucker," <laughs> or I'm jumping so, shit. And I'm pretty sure I gotta it's been say, bought. after watching this divisional round, man, like I always want the Vikings to win, but I'm glad we didn't go play San Francisco. Oh like, my god, that would have been ugly, fucking huh? killed. Yeah. Did you guys notice? In that I told game? you. I told you they were fucking amazing. But dude, Dallas, Dallas should have fucking won the game. What what floored me was how hard Dallas was hitting in that game. Like those hits were like they were hurting people. Like it seemed like, like it, that that was a good game. But fuck, Dak Prescott threw the two picks. Sucks. Yeah, and no, that's the thing. And that game's moving so fast. It's got to be really hard to play that position, which is why it feels so good to have Kirk Cousins because he typically doesn't make those plays in big moments. Like if he's going to throw an interception, it's towards the end of the first half and it's not really a big problem. It might cost you three points, but yeah, or he's going to, or he's going to re- revert back to old safe cousins and throw a little three yard pass. When yeah. Need fucking eight yards. Yeah. Well, at least it's not a turnover. You know? <laughs> well, it was. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got about seven minutes left, so uh, there's nothing left on the agenda since, uh, <laughs> We're gonna have Tyler hey. Cover on the guy who makes <laughs> our uh, who makes our theme music, and we're gonna talk uh, the best walk-up songs in Major League Baseball and for the Twins specifically. So, uh, did you we'll see, let you know on social media when that's gonna happen. Did you see my joke on that one, Anthony? That I put on the OneDrive? Uh, no, I didn't. Read it right now and laugh. I I can't. I'm I'm a little busy right now. I'm kind of hosting a show, Brad. I can't just dude. Leave. Okay, so I'll take Come over back. for two seconds. Read okay. it. It's it, it's for Byron Buxton's walk up song. So I I got to give a big shout out to Anthony. Like he's got the best voice. Me and Mike just coming and do this bullshit just to have some fun. Like Anthony runs the show here. This is it makes it makes it fun for 30 minutes a day that is a good joke we're gonna save it until this is what we call teasing the audience this is a fantastic joke i can't wait to share it with you when we do talk about walk-up music i thought that was i thought that was your joke tony no i put that in brad yeah i didn't notice it i yeah i had the agenda up i could have just looked but i was i you know it was in parentheses Oh, it is so, a- like, I was sitting there, like, when I when I did this, like, I was like, oh, fuck, dude. I didn't know I could fucking edit this thing. Like, I'm going to edit this thing. And then- <laughs> you just, just found going- out you had editing yeah. capabilities? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, dude, I'll just edit this thing real quick. And then when he's reading down the list, he's going to go fucking berserk. And I wish I could push a button and play that song. Cause- yeah. We got to get maybe- you one of those. Hey, well, you can do it on your phone. Just download your uh, basic uh, sound effects app, and it should play. Maybe that's maybe this is gonna make it better then. No, or it could make it worse. And either way, it's gonna be better. (laughs) It's good though, isn't it? It's good. It is. It's good. Uh, You guys should join us for that segment because Tyler Culver, he's a he's fucking hilarious and uh, so he's a rock and roll star too. He really is. Yeah. So if you like our theme music and uh, you like talking about walk up music or hearing about what we'd like to see as walk up music, join us. for that episode should be happening. Actually, I gotta correct future. you. I gotta correct you, Tony. We don't actually see the walk-up music. We hear it. 
Thank you, Brad, for that correction. All right. Tomorrow's Wednesday, and you know what that means. A-E-W. Darn Kicking off the action is a three-way match between Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, and Dr. Britt Baker. D-M-D. Uh, looks like a AEW Women's Championship Eliminator match as far as I'm concerned, and I expect... I mean, Ruby Soho is not going to win. Who's the blonde I just saw a blonde that She is gorgeous. Tony Storm? I... Yeah, I'm picking Tony yeah, it's Storm. Yeah, got to be... Yeah. That's... Did she get? Did does she have a uh, partner? That like a, a male partner? I I have no idea. I follow no, her like on Instagram, in the... but they don't really make that shit very clear. No, no, no. in in the wrestling, you know? there's a blonde that actually has a a partner with uh one of the uh, other wrestlers, and they said that they were ripping. Oh, a on... lot of them date each other because I mean, what else are you? Gonna no, do? I'm You're talking about not in real life, like in the oh, goddamn wrestling, wrestling partner. Oh, you mean a tag team partner? Yes. Well, not shit, like you gotta be more specific, team. man. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, she doesn't have a regular tag team partner, but she's been in tag team matches lately. Uh, she's a former AEW champion. She got it uh, bequeathed to her when Thunder Rosa got uh, hurt. Um, so, yeah. At, the acclaimed and the guns are going to have family therapy. <laughs> that should be hilarious. Uh Two words, family therapy. Uh, Jungle Hook is going to reunite and face Ethan Page and Matt Hardy. Uh, is Matt Hardy finally going to double-cross Ethan Page? I doubt it, but it's not going to make any difference. They're going to lose anyways. Uh, the Ring of Honor six-man champion Brian Cage is going to take on Brian Danielson in another match. Danielson must win in order to challenge MGF for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Are they going to renew hey. his contract? <laughs> it seems, I don't know. You talking about MJF? No, Brian Cage. Oh, I don't know. It's probably. It's. You like how I fucking look at this shit? I got little tidbits. I was just going to jump in on the next one. We got a real fucking superstar coming up here, man. He's been around the fucking block. Around the block, baby. Starks, Action Andretti. Uh, Will Starks and Andretti shut up JAS for good? I doubt it. Fuck no. Fuck no. I think Chris Jericho said he'll actually get the win in that one, too. Chris Jericho said that his loss to that whatever that name is that you just said was his best Action loss. In yeah. yeah. He said it was well, probably one of the better. Jericho fights. gets a lot of my respect because he's a kingmaker. Like his losses are the best losses. And I mean, I'm a huge Orange Cassidy fan because of his feud with Chris Jericho. Like that three three match feud was fantastic, even though it was ridiculous. Uh, but the best thing they did was a on on uh, in ring debate in which Orange Cassidy, the man who doesn't speak, wins a debate against Chris Jericho. Uh, Actually, that's really. one of the first things I ever watched. And it was interesting. And I was like... Did you see uh, Chris Jericho and MJF uh, da- song and dance? Yes, I did. Yeah. That's that's I the best thing that were, we've ever done. That was freak. That was actually epic. To really was. The they won the... Uh, like, the New York Times even gave him an award for it. It was like the mo- the biggest event on TV. One minute warning. The main event, TNT World Champion Darby Allen faces Buddy Matthews. This should be about as violent as any other Darby Allen match, which is extraordinarily violent. Uh, so you'll want to tune into that one. I expect Darby Allen to win, uh, even though Buddy Matthews is like two and a half Darby Allens. Uh, last words. If you're not a Twins fan, go fuck yourself.
<laughs> be sure to join us for that episode when we talk about walk-up music with our uh the person who does our theme music tyler culver uh until get then your, thank you for joining us on minnesota foul play-by-play last words brad get your money on the cincinnati bengals that's a good bet smart bet to cover everything to win the fucking super bowl to win it all yeah you're right all right boys. i wish i i wish i had joe burrow they got the the salary cap in football so the same teams can make it every fucking year yeah all right joe burrow love you bye bye bye